Prepare your ear holes for hoops. It's like a romance with the ball. Get ready for a view of Cleveland basketball from downtown Columbus. Let it ride! This is Very Cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. Let's get it on. So when the in-season tournament was first pitched, the NBA Cup, or the race to the NBA Cup was first pitched, I thought, okay, it didn't seem like a great idea to me. I get it. I'm not the ideal, uh, I'm not the target because I'm going to watch most NBA games anyway. The, The target's people who normally wouldn't be focused on NBA games in November and December. And uh, the idea I get, if you want to start something, you've got to start building sometime. And there's been a lot of criticism, both by us on this podcast, very cavalier, Eric Reeser, Matty Ice Hayes, about the courts, about the timing of the games, Thursdays, Tuesdays, about it not making a whole lot of sense in the terms of the games count towards a regular season, except for the championship game, Mm -hmm. which just counts as a one-off, but the players are getting $500,000 each if they win it. So nobody playing in that game, the championship game or the NBA Cup final, is really going to be complaining too much because that's 500 Gs that they would not normally be making. And so that makes total sense to me. But what it gave us as NBA fans last night or what would have been November 28th was both entertaining as it was confusing as it was (laughs) drama-filled. Right, because yeah. in games that for the Cavaliers who finished group play four and one after dispatching the Atlanta Hawks, um, was it one twenty to one hundred five or something like that, um, in a game where with about four minutes left to go, Quinn Snyder's pulling all of the Hawks starters because the Cavs were up a substantial amount, and JB Bickerstaff had the option. Well, I need to win by a point differential in order to have a chance. Mm-hmm as the final wild card spot for the knockout round of the NBA cup. He's leaving the guys on the court when you had Donovan Mitchell at the end of the game say, yeah, that that was kind of awkward because, you know, in a November game, you're not trying to run up the score on an opponent. It's kind of a dick move. People will get mad at you. Well, you know, they, they ended up not qualifying. They, they lose out on the point differential, but one coach in Billy Donovan with the Chicago bulls took exception with what Joe Missoula and the Boston Celtics were doing. Celtics also needing to win by a point differential against Chicago in order to make the play-in tournament. So for Joe Missoula, I get it. For J.B. Bickerstaff, I get it. Mm -hmm. Because you need to look, as a coach, you are doing everything in your power to get your guys into Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. into the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the final of the NBA Cup tournament. And then you're trying to do whatever you can to get them that extra $500,000. No issue with it. You're you're playing by the rules. You're playing by the in-season tournament rules, and the point dif- differential angle of all of this has created that. I have no issue with that whatsoever. I tell you what, E, this thing has grown on me, man. This thing has grown on me by the weeks because I find myself a little juiced up on Tuesdays and Fridays. I have found myself in that realm of emotion, and I didn't know if I would feel that way Off the jump, you and I talked about our first podcast of this season where the floors were a mess, the rules were kind of all over the place, the uniforms were this and that. But I do think now that we've gotten to the quarterfinal stage of this, I think Adam Silver's got to be pretty happy about this. Because you hear some of the quotes with from some of the star players around the sport 
And it seems like these guys are really invested. And it's not just, hey, the rookies are, are excited about this because they haven't made that much money in their lives. Now, I've heard LeBron talk about this. I've heard other stars talk about how this has given them another level of excitement. And now here we are where you're talking about in the corner fi- finals on the east side, it's Bucks and Knicks. And then you got Pacers and Celtics. West side, it's Lakers, Suns, Kings, and Pelicans. So you got major markets you're checking off. You have superstars. You're getting LeBron, KD, Devin Booker, Giannis, Damian Lillard. I mean, the Cel- I mean, the list goes on and on. So I think, is it perfect right now? No, I don't. And I think they're going to iron out the wrinkles when we get to next year and the years beyond. But as far as how we got to this point and how I've been feeling the last two weeks about the tournament, it's working for me, man. It's on a Tuesday night at the end of November where you wouldn't think there would be that much give a damn. You have Donovan Mitchell with a 40-point double-double. And so, what, what, he's been probably averaging 25, 26 points a game. I'm just guessing before I... 28 even. 28 even. Before I even pull his stats up. Yeah. He'd probably score close to that. But I, I do think, to your point, a lot of these stars are really busting their ass in these games because they want that. They, yeah. they want that opportunity to get an extra $500,000. 100%. Like, bringing it into our world, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I know for me, when we come in here every day in studio, when, you know, there's always a nice level of excitement to do this. Yeah. But when we take the show on the road somewhere and there's people around and there's music playing and there's big screens and all that, like, I feel like, okay, there's a little bit more juice to this show, and I have to imagine that that's what these guys are feeling. Now, to your point, when Donovan Mitchell woke up yesterday, probably saying, okay, this isn't some just normal November. It's in a regular game. Right. Like, let's crank it up just a little bit. So I, I do think that Adam Silver has won in doing that as far as the level of give a damn when it came to the players that it seems like these dudes are locked in and enjoying the ride. And a lot had to happen for Cleveland and not only beating Atlanta, um, even by a certain point margin, but they had to have losses by the Knicks, the Heat, the Celtics, and the Nets. So the Celtics didn't lose. Um, I, I think the Heat did lose. I don't think the Knicks lost. So you had to have all of those games go chalk towards the Cavs and then have point differential go in Cleveland's favor. Mm-hmm. A win over the Atlanta Hawks and a winning tiebreaker over any team from other groups with a 3-1 record. I mean, it's confusing how you get to that, which team gets the final wild card or gets that wild card spot because you have group A, B, and C. Uh, You have the winners there, and then you have the wild card advancing into the quarterfinals. And then they do a traditional bracket style where it's really not confusing anymore. This is it. Here's the bracket. Mm -hmm. We love brackets. Like sports fans absolutely love a good bracket. Anytime we can get our hands on one, Mm -hmm. we've got one with the college football playoff. We've got the bracket of all brackets in March Madness, the NBA postseason in in uh, april may and june mm-hmm. so you we get halloween candy brackets just, every year all of it. who doesn't like a good bracket right. so the nba gives us this uh gives it to us easy for me to friggin say i i think that they're going to see when they get to vegas and you, you start seeing these extra games with some pomp and circumstance that yeah it's gonna matter um and and for cleveland where you go well what happens now well it does look like the Cavs were given two games extra on the schedule um to kind of compensate for this you know they're going to be missing out on quarter and semifinal games in this tournament and so i'm trying to find here where what games are being added to the cavaliers schedule 
because again, all of the games in the NBA's play in, in the NBA's in-season tournament count towards the regular season, except for the championship games. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cavs had it up today. So December sixth, they've got a game against the Magic at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, and then the December eighth, they're going to be at the artist formerly known as FTX Arena, playing the Miami Heat. So. Like a cool little wrinkle to yeah. add to a time of the year where you don't really care about much going on in the NBA because, like we've joked about over the past however many years, the regular season doesn't matter to any yeah. of these guys. Right. Let Talk to me in June. 100%. And I think for the fans, too, you know, there's a lot of people that I've talked to, and I'm sure you've heard a similar thing where it's like, hey, we'll, we'll check in on the NBA when we get to Christmas. Sure. Like, I know that's been a, a, a jumping point for a lot of people to really jump into a lot of this NBA action. And, you know, look, for those f- same fans, we're still knee-deep in a lot of football stuff. So I don't know if there's been a massive ratings boost when it comes to the in-season tournament, but I just think this type of wrinkle, even just for us diehard basketball fans, has been fun. And when you have a team like the Cavs, who unfortunately aren't in the the real mix of the in-season tournament, looking the way that they did and have looked at think here recently for the most part, man, it's been an exciting run over the last two to three weeks. Cavaliers right now, 10 and eight. Yep. I think that's perfectly fine going into the month of December. Um, they won their last two. They've got a game against the Portland Trailblazers here on November 30th. And uh, I can't, because there was a lot of scuttlebutt uh, last week about a loss to the Miami Heat, 129-96 the second night of a back-to-back, and the night before, they beat the 76ers in overtime. Mm-hmm. Now, do I love getting? Do I love my team getting pasted by the Heat by what would have been almost 30 points? No. Yeah. It's not great. Do I love scoring 17 points in the fourth quarter? No, it, it's not great. Should Craig Porter be your leading scorer in a game against uh, a like Eastern Conference opponent? Probably no. Not. None of that's great. Yeah. But they beat the 76ers the night before in overtime. Right. And that is great. That's legit. That is absolutely legit. And I'm always willing to give teams a little wiggle room on the second night of a back-to-back, especially when you're flying back home and all those things. And who knows what time they got in and yada, 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 all the things we hear about late-night flights and, and all of that. So, look, losing to the Miami Heat is never an issue, in my opinion, especially after what we saw from them last night going toe-to-toe with Milwaukee without Jimmy Butler but, man, you mentioned Porter. Can we talk about him for a second? Like, Craig Porter, I'm impressed, i eh? I'm impressed, How can you man. not be? The dude just has poise. He never seems like things are happening too fast. He seems like he belongs. Right. Like, that's a great way to, to say it because, you know, you watch rookies sometimes, and it, and it can be overwhelming just watching them and they're frantic and turnovers all over the place and just doing things that rookies do. And to me, this dude seems like he's been playing for three to four years already. So this seems like it's a steal that Kobe Altman and company have pulled off here because this dude out of Wichita State looks like he's going to be a solid NBA player. I don't know how high his ceiling is just yet, but the fact that he's getting this type of minutes already, I know he hardly played at all last night, but just leading up to last night's game against Atlanta, I've been impressed with Craig Porter, man. I'm in. And it, it really goes to show that in, you know, chaos, there can be opportunity. You know, you've got an ankle injury to Ty Jerome. You're not sure if you're going to get Ricky Rubio back at all this season. Yeah. Then it can provide some some backcourt depth that other teams don't know anything about. Like, they're not watching Craig Porter Jr. tape at this point of the season <laughs> because 
He was a guy who was signed to a Canton Charge squad. If they're thinking at all about the Canton Charge, they're thinking about Imani Bates. Right. <laughs> like, if there's some dude that could come up at any time, it's going to be Bates. But then you've got Porter Jr. that is making a name for himself. And so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see exactly how much more he's utilized this season. I think it's a fun thing that, you know, when he comes off the bench and, you know, they've got some, I wouldn't say terrible cake. I don't know if the Cavaliers have an opponent in the Eastern Conference that I would consider a cake opponent anymore because I've been I've been bit by that bug over the past two years with losses to the Magic, losses to the Pistons. Well, the Pacers the are a really good squad. So there's really no game that I'm going to sit here anymore and check, yeah, that's a win. I think that's where I'm at with Washington. E, they suck. Yeah, the Wizards is an automatic. That's a dub for me. Like you, you see the Wizards on the count. The Cavs should not lose a single game to the Wizards this year. I don't care what happens. They are that bad. Okay, maybe I put the Spurs on that too because I think the Spurs are like three and eleven. Yeah, they're only three games too. Detroit's awful. Oh, so, but see that—that's the thing with the Pistons. They're awful. It's e. like they—they done it the past couple of years and maybe even longer than that, where it's like, no, you have no business losing to the Pistons, oh, and yet they man. do lose to the Pistons. How's that Monty Williams contract looking right now? Well, it's looking fine. I, I mean, in his eyes, it is. Yeah, he's <laughs> loving. They've lost. They've lost fourteen in a row. It's so bad, man. It's so bad. Wow. They're a young team though, but it is. It is really, really rough, but the Cavs are in a good spot, man. Cavs are in a good spot, obviously, when we talk postseason and all that stuff. You want to be in that top six, avoid the play, and if you can, and they're not far off from that, man. They're just a, a game back from the Indiana Pacers. They're in that six hole right now, and Cavs have won a couple in a row, and they've won seven of their last ten games, man. So this is heading in the right direction. And look, you've, you have, you've had the injuries, as you mentioned. Donovan Mitchell has missed time, and the fact that J.B. Bickerstaff and these dudes have been able to scratch and claw to this point, I think it's a good effort, man. I think it is a good effort, and now it's just all about fine-tuning a lot of the things that we talked about in the offseason and just having that starting five play as much as possible because, I mean, Max Struess has been a hit. Max yeah. Struess, they knocked that out of the park with that signing. And it's it's not even just the shooting, man. It's just a lot of other things that he brings to the table. Assists, blocked. Like, the dude, I, you always feel his presence game in and game out. So just for me, E, that's just what I want to see in the coming days and weeks is those guys, Garland, Mitchell, Struess, you know, Evan and Jared, playing as many minutes as they possibly can. That way that chemistry can continue to grow. And it's just reps, right? Yeah. It's just getting reps with your guys and uh, – putting yourself in the proper position to really make a run of this post all-star break yep. to put your front office in a position to where it can be a luxury. Yeah. If you want to pick somebody up at the deadline mm-hmm. or it can be, it can be looked at as, well, you didn't do anything. Okay. That's fine. Cause last year we were like, they got to do something. Yeah. And we kind of saw them sit on their hands a little bit and go, well, that's not great. We wanted more shooting last year. Something. We wanted more shooting buddy Hill. I mean, we were talking about, uh, a few names that, you know, were in that shooting room, but I think they've they've checked that box with Struess and Niang coming off the bench. You you mentioned the game next Wednesday. That is the measuring stick game right now. And it's odd to say that because it involves the Orlando Magic, but with the way that they're playing, I cannot wait to see that game. And then once we get past that game, you go on the road, it's trips to Miami, trips to Orlando, and then you're staying in Boston for a few days because it's Boston on the 12th and the 14th. So we're about to find out a lot. And that's why I'm really hoping that that starting five, everybody can stay healthy getting through the next couple of weeks. That way we really get a true feel of where they're at in the East. Yeah, busy December. I hope it's not a long December, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm just trying to look because it feels, I mean, obviously 
February was forever ago because we're sitting here in November, and I don't think the Cavs did anything last year at the deadline. No. I feel like they did like the small it like a small thing. It was a small thing. But you're right because that's gonna bother me now. I'm not seeing anything. Nothing jumping out. Nothing at all. Like they might have been a part of. Were they a part of a three team deal? You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. This is very cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. Was it Danny Green? Like, uh, they did. Did they just? That? I think they just picked him up off the street, Man, though. I don't know if that was a trick. I don't necessarily know if they did anything. They let go of Kevin Love. That was a buyout, correct? That was a buyout. So now that we're talking through this, maybe they didn't make a trade or anything. I don't think they did. He eh? can't believe they got nothing for Kevin Love. Oh, of course he went down to Miami. Went down to Miami and was pretty productive course, for them. That's how it works. And, and that, that goes back to the, if, if J.B. Bickerstaff doesn't want to give him the minutes, then fine. And especially a guy like Kevin Love, like I was okay with that because there was a lot of consternation from Cavs fans mm-hmm. on the dot com that were just, what the hell were they doing, letting him just walk to Miami? And it's like, I don't think Miami was going to give you anything. I don't think anybody was really going to give you no. anything for him. So I think your only option was just to thank you for your service. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah, and when you come back and you, when you retire, your number will be up in the rafters and and all those things. It's just it's a head scratcher when you see a guy like that leave. A franchise and go down to Miami and, and turn things around and look. You, you got to give the Heat credit because they've yeah. done this for years. They've been one of the most productive, consistent teams in the association for years and years and years. So it's not shocking, but yeah, that dude could have been a help for sure. And especially when you think about his rebounding and the outlet passes and all those great things K Love does, man. One thing that we've, I think, done every episode is try to do a how's Evan Mobley doing? And I'm getting more and more confident each episode going, Mobley's doing well. Can I read you the line from last night? Yeah. I mean, we're talking 17 points. Okay. 19 rebounds. Sweet. And seven freaking blocks. Yeah, that'll work. (laughs) And he was one for one from three. One for one from three. Like... This and this is what we talked about in our last pod. I don't think you and I are looking for twenty-five and thirty. Like no. when those games pop up, that's fine. You got Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland to carry the bulk of that, and Max Strus. But these type of performances are why I had confidence a year ago, saying I think he can be the next Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett. Like I truly believe that he has that in him, and he's just an absolute menace on the defensive end. Nineteen rebounds and seven blocks is absurd. Pretty good. He's starting to make it, man. I do think the and I, so I'm, I'm scrolling, and the more I scroll on the Cavs Twitter, the less I like the land uniforms because I was looking for Mobley stuff because yeah. the Cavs always do a good job of like tweeting out like this is Mobley's blank since blank and Mobley's the yeah. first or set like they always right. do all those NBA stat, stats yeah. and I wanted to sound really smart. But then I kind of found myself as you were talking. Like, there's a puffer jacket that he was wearing yeah. last night. Um, and, I mean. You like it? No. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's fine. I mean, I just don't like their jerseys. I don't like, the, like the, yeah. the playhouse, or the playgrounds, playhouse square. I think it's playhouse. Think that's right. I'm out on, I think, both kind of. Yeah, it's bird. playhouse square themed, yeah. like, uniforms. It's just very. I'm not Let's fan. be honest. It's, it's mid. It's a mid-year. And that's okay. Okay. So, they were, yeah, this was in Atlanta. And it was probably. 35 degrees outside last night, but, yeah. <laughs> Evan Mobley from California would be wearing a gigantic puffer coat inside at the end of that game. He also is not uh, 
He doesn't have a lot of meat on those bones. No. So the cold probably hits him a little different. Donovan Mitchell from New York is yeah. probably okay in 30-degree weather. Right. Um, we did talk a little bit, uh, as I was just saying, like games I expect the Cavaliers to win, and I would say that's a bad loss. Mm-hmm. There's only two or three teams in the league. I'm like, that's a bad loss. If they were to, and I don't know if they play the Spurs, um, the Grizzlies, I would say, until if they when they get Ja back, and they, if they were to lose to the Grizzlies, and again, not having the Cavs schedule in front of me, I don't think that would be the worst loss in the world because Ja, I, I still think, is going to come and give a lot of energy to a really bad Memphis team who's got three losses yeah. as of this recording. And so it does look like the Spurs are going to be in Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers on the 7th of January. You'll see Memphis on my birthday in Memphis on February 1st. So Ja be playing that game. So they might be better then. Looks like it's a TNT game, too. Eh? On national National spotlight. But if they go out and lose on the 7th to the San Antonio Spurs, I don't care how Victor Wembanyama is doing. Correct. I'm with that's, you. That's unacceptable. Did you, you see the other night? Yeah, yeah. Real quick, let me just look at it. You go know ahead. what's sad is that they don't have a nationally televised game that's not on NBA TV until January 17th. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. That doesn't. That, it's a shame, but yeah. it doesn't really surprise me. I mean, I get it. Yeah, I guess you're right. And they had what? They got it. Uh, I guess I just, I, I just, I just, I don't, I have beef with, like, and I know why they're putting Victor Wembanyama on. I get it. I get. I it. get that. But it's like, come on, these Cavs are pretty damn good, man. Let's get them on national TV a little bit more. I don't think they have a game the Spurs do nationally televised after the end after January. Interesting. So January twenty fourth, the last nationally televised game for Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. And I feel like that's done intentionally because. Boy, is the shine come off pretty quick, and he's only a rookie, so I don't. Yeah. I, you don't. You have the initial pop, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And you have the initial wow, this is incredible. But then, of course, you know they're just not a good team. That's why they were in position to get the number one overall pick in the draft. Yeah, it's going to take time, and especially on the offensive end, because on defense right now, he's. I think he looks the part. He he, he looks the part on defense. He's top five in the league in blocks already as a rookie. That's going to be yeah. a constant, I think throughout his entire career as long as he does stay healthy. But as far as the offensive end, yeah, it's going to take time because other dudes I think are really juiced up for that matchup. And physically right now, outside of shooting over everybody, he's not just going to run through dudes physically. That's just not going to happen. No. He ain't built that way right I, now. I don't think he's ever really going to get to that yeah. just because I don't expect him to ever look like uh, Nikola Jokic. <laughs> right. He's just, he, right. I, I think the hope would be like best case scenario is like, a little bit less of a Giannis body type. Like if he can follow that path of you look at where Giannis was at his rookie year to where he is now, if you can get some of like 70, 60% sure. of that, that'll be a win. But I think you nailed it, man. I don't think we're going to see him turn into, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger anytime soon. This was before Thanksgiving, um, but it's kind of gotten traction in the past couple of days was Greg Popovich when the Spurs were – hosting the Clippers there were like two games on like a Monday and a Wednesday I think the Spurs were or the Clippers were in San Antonio Kawhi Leonard was going for free throws and because of the relationship Kawhi Leonard has with Spurs fans they were just booing the hell out of him at the free throw and did you see oh I saw this it. video I and- thought it was a terrible look by pop and I think and let me run this theory by you and, and see what you think I think that was rooted in guilt yes for pop I think that was I traded this guy away. Don't boo him. Like, I don't know, but that's my theory because I have never seen anything 
like that in sports, especially at the professional level. But I think Pop has guilt for essentially the crowd feeling like all of that stuff that happened at the end of that run for Kawhi was his fault when Pop was the one that pulled the trigger on trading him to Toronto. And for those who haven't seen it, the Kawhi is going for free throws. The San Antonio Spurs fans are acting accordingly, in my opinion. They're booing him. They're booing the guy that left and went and got a championship elsewhere. Right. And Pop gets the mic. It's like the PA announcer's mic and tells them to stop booing. Let them play the game of basketball. We're better than this. Which we'll, is we'll uh, like, like go to hell, Greg Popovich. Because no, if a player on the opponent, if a player on an opposing team is going for free throws, you're doing whatever they can yes. to make them miss those free throws. Yes. Yes. That's what fans do. And you know what my favorite part of all of it was? As soon as he put the mic down, guess what happened? They kept booing. <laughs> they kept they got booing. louder. If anything, <laughs> but I agree with you oh, to the extent that pop feels guilty about what happened with Kawhi and yeah. the end of his tenure in San Antonio, because I do believe, and there have been others that have said this into microphones on the air since then, that the Spurs did a lot of what a, a lot of bad PR to Kawhi. They did. They put it out there that he had been cleared mm-hmm. by their doctors. They put it out that his, Kawhi's agent told them the day before a game, the day of a game, that his, their client wasn't playing something that nobody had ever done before. Yeah. They made it seem outwardly that Kawhi Leonard was charm and soft and just didn't want to play in games with them because he just didn't want to be there and he wouldn't talk to them. And here was this big baby Kawhi just not trying to play for a great coach and leader of men in Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. And again, you think there might be some truth to that. For sure, because I think now we still have evidence that some of that was true based off sure. of his Clippers tenure, right, with the lack of playing. And look, he's, his body has just failed him. It's failed him a lot. I think a lot of people, though, have questioned his desire to come back from these injuries in a, in a respectable time frame or just whatever it is with Kawhi. So, yeah, that whole situation was just crazy. I just didn't think it was needed by Pop. He's a grown-ass man. He's getting paid millions and millions and millions of dollars. I think he can handle a little booing from his former fan base. It's okay. It'll it's be okay. Right. It, and the thing I hate the most is telling fans how to fan. Like, come on. Unless they're man. acting ridiculous and they're making racial slurs Correct. or they're saying they're dropping F bombs, throwing bottles and stuff, all that stuff. Then that's okay to be yeah. like, "Stop. Can we stop <laughs> doing?" But if they're booing a guy at the free throw line, come on. Man. Just sit there yeah. and watch the game. Yes. Kawhi will be okay. You guys can go out after the game and have an old-fashioned in the stake. Sure. And, if and you want to kumbaya with him at the end of right. it, fine. Right. You don't but have to protect him to that level. The in, that was ridiculous. In-game is ridiculous. Yeah. And I get it because for a coach like Pop, he probably looks at a lot of these players and thinks, these guys are so freaking soft. Because Russell Westbrook, like the other day, was asking people to like he was he was chirping at it with fans because mm-hmm. he was sick of them calling him West Brick and he was making up these things like they were going after my family or they were, they were saying like oh, oh. well I I can't pl- I can't dispute can't, that I can't refute that the West I would Brick be thing- shocked if they were going at like I don't know I I can't imagine anybody because your dad stinks at basketball right I, I mean people are horrible yes that is real but if there's if they're heckling you at a game like. I think it was Kendrick Perkins, and like the only time I've ever agreed with him, he's like he should be yelling at his teammates. That I agree with. Yeah, Westbrook yeah. should probably be yelling at the Clippers. I completely or agree. his Clippers teammates. Like I don't know if yelling at Ty Lue's going to do anything because right. honestly, if I'm Ty Lue, I'm not <laughs> thrilled with the front office no. for having to put all no. of this on my plate. Like I'm just 
trying to win ball games here, man. And yeah, you're making you're my life to tougher. Throw all this at me now. The Clippers seven and nine have acquitted themselves. I think okay yeah. since the acquisition of James Harden, but uh, again, unless Tyloo was hammering the table for that, I don't think he was. I, I don't think know, would anybody at this point, based off of Steve Ballmer's actions from the past. I think this is a owner that's desperate. Yes, and that's the best That's the best word you can use with I this. think he's desperate, right? Because the swing that he took with Kawhi and Paul George has not worked. <laughs> so that level of desperate in you, I think, will lead you to making decisions like this. And I think it's combined with the Kawhi and PG stuff, and also they're going into a new arena. So kind of like the Haslam's. Correct. So we got to have star power. That way we can get the folks of LA to come out. Like, I think it's it's all that, and it's a mess. And this is falling at the feet of Ty Lue, unfortunately, who I think is a hell of a coach. And Just, when you have these four guys that, I don't know, X and O-wise may not be the best fit, and you got an owner just jamming it down your throat without you probably signing off on it, yeah, I can understand if he's really frustrated. I'm just looking at these stat lines, and there are a couple games where he's in double digits and assists. And, I mean, that's, I think, the primary thing you want when he's trying to get used to a new team but i mean i'm seeing games with 36 minutes two four assists 11 points Mm -hmm. i mean games where he's got 30 minutes and we were assists 11 points four of 12 shooting one of seven from three three of eight from three two of i mean two of six and we were on it though because when this first happened talking hard going to the clippers we were kind of like doesn't it make more sense for russ to come off the bench like, for him to come off the bench, and it looks like he's accepted that role. It's just it's just not going to click when you have these four guys whose games are built around having the ball all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, the yeah. fit is just too much. It's too much of a good thing that they have out there in L.A. And, yeah, I just I don't see it for years. Like, when you talk about either Westbrook or Harden, it's like, well, there's only one basketball. Correct. Like, it feels like we've been saying that for like five damn yeah, years. And it, it's, it's so, yeah, I don't see a championship team. And they got a, a a lot of teams or a couple new teams in the West, like a Houston and a Minnesota team who's number one in the freaking West right now. Like, these aren't just the usual suspects. There's new teams on the block that have taken up some of these slots, at least for now. I'm just looking like the Houston, the, the Rockets. Eight and seven right now. The Timberwolves, like you said, thirteen and four. Um, last time out for the Clippers, they lost to the Denver Nuggets. So there's not a whole lot of shame in that. Well, he, it, well, well, it is when there's no Nikola Jokic, Michael he didn't Porter play Jr., in that. Jamal Murray, and you get blitzed by two former Clippers and freaking Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan. Okay, yeah, that is so bad. That, that, that's okay, a that's bad really look. that's really bad then. Again, that was a tough look when you when you put it like that. <laughs> Let me let me just pull up the box score to just read you real quick some of the stuff that was happening in that game because you had Reggie Jackson put 35 on their head. You had DeAndre Jordan E hit him up for 21 and 13. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan hadn't been doing anything. And you had your full cast of characters, PG, Kawhi, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook, and you lost. I was going to ask of the teams in the league right now who does look like a legit champion chip contender mm-hmm. and i think i can throw three four out of the west okay i can hit you with four out of the east i'm interested in your west teams who are you looking at over there denver phoenix okay 
L.A. because of, obviously, LeBron. And then... I, That's fine, because all I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you is, you're not buying what Minnesota and OKC are selling? No, not right now. Okay. Not right now. Okay, okay so maybe three, because I... I, obviously, it's tough to get off the Golden State Warriors, but I can't right now in good faith tell you that. They're a mess right now. Man. They are. And then how do you feel about how do you feel about the Pelicans? I love the idea of them. I do. Because if C.J. McCollum can return and they've got a game against the Sixers on the 29th of November that he's looking to a return to play, mm-hmm. okay. I listen. It's never been for me like, oh, they're they don't have talent. That, I'd be idiotic to say that because when you combine C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and Zion Williams, Zion Williamson, you're an absolute force on offense. They just have not played together. I don't know how what their ceiling really is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like the pieces around them. Herb Jones is an absolute stud on defense, and Jose Alvarado's a nice spark plug that you can throw out there. And they're still waiting on Trey Murphy to come back, who's a nice piece. I, I could see them making a deep run in the playoffs. It all just hinges on will they have their big three available. So I'm actually pretty high on them. Oh, I didn't give you a fourth, Dallas. Ooh. I think Dallas can cook. Ooh, okay. So you're seeing championship DNA. You think they got it? I'm seeing championship DNO because they don't have – or No. I know that's the offense because they don't have defense. Is that they where don't you're, have defense. Is that where you Damn were going? it! I did the letter wrong. Listen, that's okay. I see man. championship NA. <laughs> I don't see any D. Listen, and when they constructed it this way, I think they I'm, knew that's what they were getting. That's right. The, that's fine, right? Like right with Luca, you can Kyrie. shoot the lights off of anybody. You're just not going to defend very well. And so, what right. is it about Minnesota that you don't like? Because I'm sure you like them, but as far as championship oh, I, stuff. I think they're a really good team. You're I just think not. A lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I just think when you get into a seven-game series against Jokic, he's just going to bludgeon you. Nobody has an answer for that, man. So I, Nobody right, has I, an I answer for that, I think your answer right now will be, or your answer when we get to it will be, we just got to shoot the lights off. That's all you can do. But That's all you can do. I don't know if the Timberwolves are that team. They got an elite defense. So they they're playing D. They, they do have an elite defense, but I, I am with you. I don't believe just yet. Like, I'm not viewing them as they can win 12 to 16 games in a playoff run. I don't see that just yet. But Anthony Edwards is that guy, man. And similarly with the East, I still don't see it out of Cleveland to be a championship contender just yet. But you can talk me into it if everything moves in a positive direction just by January. I'm I'm still scarred. I am. I'm sorry yeah, I am by the Knicks. I'm just and I don't I know if that's it. I don't know if that's fair for this version of the Cavs because it is a little different. But I, I'm not over it, man. I'm just not over. Oh that. no, it'll be. It, you, they're gonna have to prove it before you feel good about that, or, or yeah. not feel good. You're never gonna feel good about how they were dismissed by the Knicks, but you will get over it. Their ceiling's higher this year. If they're just, able to prove it this year. 100%. 100%. I think their ceiling's higher, but when I look at what I think are the, the big three in the East, Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly, I just think they're a cut above right now. I just Yeah. There's a, there's a ceiling for this team, and it is the floor. I think that, like you said, Boston and Philadelphia and Milwaukee are standing on. You, they should. I still think they are better than the collective of the Knicks yes. and the Pacers. 
in Miami. Like, I think they're the better of those three to four teams. But when we start talking about the elites and maybe an Eastern Conference finals appearance, I'm not seeing that just yet. I'm not closing the door on the thought of that completely. But I need to see a, a month's run of some good stuff from them. And they're off to a good start, man. They Unfortunately, really right. We are just, I mean, we're wrapping up November. Yeah. So right. we've got an, an entire month of December that's going to be, like we said, busy. We just hope it's not a long December. We will reconvene this next week when they've hopefully got they've got to have games obviously but let's hope that the Cavaliers can get wins I mean the Portland Trailblazers that should be but wins against Detroit Orlando uh, and looking forward to a game in South Beach against Miami thanks for listening to Very Cavalier make sure to hit subscribe on whatever podcast thing you're listening to